0: Hey everyone, this is Ryan with the Blackchain Podcast. So this is actually the first of its kind. I actually haven't put a podcast out yet, so this will be uh, the initial one. And the reason that I'm doing this is to try and disseminate information as efficiently as possible um, with uh, as little overhead for myself as I'm kind of busy with a lot of other things all the time. But this will help me actually get my thoughts out uh a lot of people ask me what i think of the space given that i have a long history in it crypto specifically bitcoin specifically And uh, I've seen the evolution from the very very early days all the way until now which is is vastly different than what it was and so I kind of want to share my perspective and educate and I think that's a very important thing in this space right now is that people understand what's going on what the outlook is um, or what the perceived outlook is how things can change the risks involved uh, values of things different coins different tokens um, just the mechanics of it talk about mining or wallets or what this thing even is is. And so I kind of want to touch on all those and hopefully I can do it justice and, and provide some good value to people out there listening. Um, so that's kind of the overarching goal. Uh, I may also create videos, maybe screencasts or how-tos if the, uh, if the task or the thing that I'm trying to show uh, warrants it. And then I may also uh, write articles, which are I think uh, writing is a a bit more work, um, but it uh, can provide some deep analysis, some visuals, um, and kind of provide also some references as well. So all this information will be posted at uh, blackchain.co. And so you'll find all the information there, and then I'll probably also use some forms of social media to disseminate uh, all the information as well, but that's going to be the home base. So if you want to go there, bookmark it, um, hopefully, I can stay on task and uh, create something every week, um, maybe even multiple times a week. But uh, I'll try and commit to once a week, since there's enough activity in this space to uh, warrant that. I think it's it's always exciting. You know, wait a week, something happens. Next month, something happens. Um, it's always crazy in crypto land. Uh, if you've been in it, you know that. If not, you're going to find out. Um, so with that said, I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. So I've actually been in this space, uh, uh specifically since about August of 2011. That's when I first discovered Bitcoin, um, by watching actually a YouTube video. So I had some folks that, uh, I, I was watching, and uh, they one of them mentioned it. And he was actually had a computer science background, but he he talked about economics and uh, different investments and so forth. And he had mentioned that he was you know mining it, and a lot of people at the time were very 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 skeptical of it. Uh, people didn't even actually know the legality of what, what's going on. Uh, would the, the federal government or the government shut it down? How does it work? Is, you know, is, this even, uh, is this even real? Is it a Ponzi scheme? And so I remember those days of you know when Bitcoin was actually what you would call a shitcoin today. And, uh, I, and, I, and I kind of dismissed it for several weeks. Um, and then he talked about it again. And I was like, oh, this, this guy's actually, you know, he's always talked about things that were pretty reasonable. So maybe I'll look into this a little bit. So I started looking into it. And I looked at, you know, the different communities. I looked at Bitcoin Talk. I looked at the code, the repo and things of that nature. And I kind of began to understand that this was a very new idea and a new infrastructure a new deployment and i should kind of temper that a little bit it's been built off a lot of other ideas that have been around for decades but it all kind of came together and with the you know the crash in 2007 2008 of the economy and all the banking issues that occurred it was kind of prime time uh, for its deployment in 2009 which is actually when it deployed And 2011 is when I kind of picked it up. And, you know, a lot of people don't talk about this, but the initial community um, that was in this was very anti-government, anti-banks, anti, anti, you know, kind of the establishment. And that's still, you still see that thread today. Um, and decentralization and, and kind of taking back the financial system was a very big um, aspect of it. So we saw a lot of Austrian economics uh, sort of folks out there, a lot of silver gold bugs. Um, and those are the people that picked it up initially, to be honest. Um, I remember going to the first Bitcoin conference in San Jose in 2013 and a couple of years later. And, you know, it was a very interesting group of folks. And, and again, you'll see, that, uh, you'll see that mantra and that mindset in this community. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I'm very, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, opinionated about economics and politics and things of that nature. And, and, I, and I don't disagree with a lot of the uh, uh, kind of the political motivations of a lot of these folks. Now, that said, it was very different. I and mean, that's kind of what I want to hit on is... Right now, what people are doing is they're trying to understand Bitcoin and how they can make a bunch of money off of it Um, because it's going up and, you know, I I, kind of look at it and I wonder, you know, is Bitcoin in a bubble at this point or is it still going to go higher? And if you look at the economics and look at how many, you know, the store of value argument or the transactional argument, or, you know, even just trying to figure out how do you value Bitcoin, you know, you can come to a lot of different conclusions. You can come to the conclusion that this thing is going to keep on running for, you know, quite a while. Um, And then you can come to the conclusion that you know there's some fundamental issues with the technology and scalability, and and that there's other technologies that are better. So is it going to get surpassed? Is is Bitcoin the MySpace of the crypto world, or is it you know going to actually take on the world and and be like Facebook? You know, uh, if you look use the social media um, analogy. And so I have opinions on this, and a lot of people have opinions on this. But what I really want to structure around this is what. What you actually need to understand to make a good investment or a good participation decision, and and, and I, I guess I have to temper that with this: none of this, anything I say, is ever investment advice. But I want to, you know, kind of frame the mindset. So the biggest thing that I do, in, in not the biggest thing, but one of the things I do is I try and frame how I saw Bitcoin in the very early days, because it was really the only project out there. And there was forks that occurred. Like Litecoin was a fork, right? They changed the algorithm and they changed a few other things, but not much. But it was essentially a fork of Bitcoin, which means a copy and then just deployed. And they called it Litecoin. Um, and then there was Bitcoin when it first started. And I remember it was, it was very prominent. And like I said before, that nobody really believed in Bitcoin. They didn't understand it. And I understood it. I came to understand, and I began mining, and I and I mined a decent chunk, and you know I was able to do pretty well with that, with basically very lo- small amount of investment. But it wasn't because the Bitcoin was being hyped and everyone knew about it, and you know it, it was anywhere near a bubble. It was that I took the time to understand what it was and the implications that it could have on society. And, you know, I actually have some emails back and forth with some folks, you know, back, uh, back in 2012. And I I said, this is revolutionary. It's going to many billions. And my price target has always been about 10,000, even in those early days. It looks like we're about to hit that. And it's, it's really important to know that that was a very different mindset. Now, today, if you ask someone about Bitcoin who's actually invested in it, they're like, you know, it's just going higher. It's going to the moon. It's going to make me tons of money. And there's a lot more people aware of it. There's a lot more people who have figured it out, you know, uh, from the start of it. Uh, I guess it's eight years later. And for myself, it's been about, uh, you know, six years or so, over six years. And it took that long for people to, you know, wrap their heads around it. And even now... I would argue that people really don't actually understand it that well, even the ones that are vested in it. Or, you know, they don't understand what mining is, how that uh, impacts security, how that can change the hashing algorithms, um, the use cases, the transaction cost, the transaction time, you know, the security of accepted transactions, you know, with different confirmation levels, actual implementation of it, where you could use it, where you can't. You know, um, there's so many things still just with Bitcoin, and we're only talking about Bitcoin here. And I want to emphasize that there's over a thousand other coins and tokens that, you know, are listed on coin market cap, right? And that's, that doesn't list all of them either. Now, granted, a lot of those are what you'd call shit coins in the industry, but there's a lot more and they have different technology, they have different applications, they have different use cases, they have different utilities. And so this is a much, much bigger space than just Bitcoin. And it has much, much bigger implications for society all over. And it's a global thing. And that's what also makes it even more difficult is that this cryptocurrency doesn't have borders right it's a global thing there are 7 billion plus people in the world there are some regions that are probably going to adopt one coin over the other or one token or one platform or one smart contract or uh, platform or the other or whatever the case may be and i'm using a lot of words here because i want to kind of emphasize that there's a lot of vocabulary there's a lot of Different applications. There's a lot of things and projects people are working on for you know storage coins, compute coins, compute tokens, ad tokens, um, all sorts of things, currencies. But currencies is one of the applications, and uh, and that's what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is a currency application of blockchain technology, um, and that's one of them. It's a big one, granted, um, but it's only one. And Ethereum is kind of this platform for smart contracts. And people say, you know, kind of this world computer is eventually what it'll be or whatever. But right now it's a smart contract sort of platform. And, you know, it's funny because at the first Bitcoin conference, there was talk about, you know, colored coins and different things and how do you put assets on the blockchain and things of that nature. And that's where kind of, I I believe, Vitalik came up with the idea like, hey, maybe I can, you know, take this and and create Ethereum. And that that ended up being the case, I think, in, in being deployed in 2014. So... We've been in this, and I say we, as a, you know, the early community. We've been in this, thinking about it, thinking about other applications, thinking about how to extend it. And only recently, in twenty seventeen, about March or so ish of this year, did things really blow up. And that was partially due, in my opinion, to the ICO craze with Ethereum. Uh, figuring out that you can actually fund a project um, in a decentralized way with anyone in the world and huge amounts of money were being raised and just thrown at these things. And you can think of that as like an IPO. They're basically IPO. You know, an like ICO is initial currency offering or crypto offering. I don't know the exact terminology, but it's, it's essentially uh, an IPO. crypto and then you're liquid afterwards, you're listed on exchanges relatively quickly and it's tradable. So it's actually a very different paradigm and it's actually fascinating that that can happen so easily and quickly now, whereas a traditional IPO is very onerous, long, expensive process. So I think that's really what accelerated the advent of a lot of these new projects um, that have come on board. Now, granted, there've been a lot of other projects too in the works for several years prior that are only coming to the forefront now because of this craze, because of the Bitcoin hitting these highs, because of Ethereum enabling this new um, functionality. But again, I want to emphasize that Bitcoin and Ethereum are not the only players in town far from it. And, you know, I always go back and forth with, you know, is it best to, uh, is first move for advantage and things like this the best way to go? And from a technical point of view, it's it's actually no, because there's mistakes and things that are learned as you're blazing this new trail. And a lot of the technologies that have come after Bitcoin, you could argue very easily are superior in a lot of different ways because they've built off of that and they've taken that and they've t- extended it. So everything's essentially a fork or a copy of Bitcoin with added functionality and features. Um, now there are things that are being forked um, from Ethereum, and they're tweaking it and making it better and changing it, and even Zcash with the you know privacy sort of coin that's being forked, and other things like Sandcash and uh, are being created, and added functionality and putting together, and even for file system IPFS. Um, and I'm again, I'm throwing out a lot of these words that you probably don't know. In the future, I will definitely talk about all of these things, um, and maybe you do know these if you're an experienced person in this space, but. We're not done yet in this space by any means, not not even technically. We're still in the alpha stages or the beta stages uh, for a lot of these coins. Um, Some of these are very experimental technologies. A lot of these are actually, I should say. Uh, A lot of these have scaling, uh, well, not even a lot, all of these uh, have scaling issues, which is um, how many transactions a second can you achieve? And when there's a lot of people using them at some point, a lot of Machines using them or contracts using them or a lot of uh, uh, kind of uh, motion or, or whatever you want to call it, um, they break down because they just can't scale yet. They can't do enough transactions fast enough and put them on the chain. And then even if they can, it might be overly expensive or it might be cheap, right? You, at the end of the day, the goal is to make them affordable, to make them fast, to make them secure, and to make them distributed. And that's still under development. So that's several years away from I think, you know, mature sort of deployment. Where again, Bitcoin has taken, you know, many years, not a ton, but many years, you know, um half a decade or so to really kind of drill down and kind of prove out this cryptocurrency application and you know it still had bugs that existed like malleability and some other things until recently and the only um, major changes happen you know at a very slow pace because it's such a complex sort of thing but also a lot of stakeholders involved and you know so it's slowing down the rate of innovation um, and that's normal for something that's maturing you know a kind of call it an enterprise product a lot of people are relying on bitcoin and you don't want to make a hasty change um, ethereum is going to run into the same sort of thing and it's more complex in what it's trying to achieve um, these other coins that are smaller or whatever the case may be they have a little bit more advantage because they have um, less at risk they can be a bit more nimble um, there's a bit more forgiveness on mistakes that are made but as you go larger the forgiveness is less, the implications are bigger, people lose real money, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars if something goes wrong. And so it becomes a very big concern to make sure that, you know, progress and innovation is slowed down to make sure that you're crossing all your T's and thought in all your I's. So, you know, on my list, which I'll go over in a future podcast, I have, you know, at least 20 different assets, uh, tokens, coins, projects, if you want to call them that, that I believe in, I think are very interesting. Now, will all of those end up being multi-billion dollar or 10 billions or 100 billion or trillion dollar things? No, but some of them may. And when you're looking at getting into this space, if you're looking at it from what do I invest in, you really have to understand what you're trying to achieve. And you have to, I guess, decide what you're trying to achieve. You know, For me, you know, if I'm looking at this, I'm saying, okay, this is a nice thing to do. It's interesting. You know, I'm kind of doing this on the side. I have my day job. Um, I want to hit a home run like I did with Bitcoin sort of thing. You know, Bitcoin was a thousand plus times and it was interesting and it was fun and I love mining and it was a, it was a real adventure. It was, it was really great to be a part of that. Um, in the early days, very kind of, uh, (laughs) sketchy at times, but also, like I said, exciting. Um, and i'm looking for the next bitcoin that's actually my more of my interest because that's in my nature of uncovering and finding truth but also finding new opportunities um, that other people aren't seeing and so i want to encourage you to kind of do more research and i've been researching this for years now so it's very difficult actually to drill down on all these but once you drill deeper and deeper and deeper you begin to see the nuances with these different projects you begin to understand what teams are involved? What problem they're trying to solve? You know how their brand is developing, how they're marketing, how they're funding their operations, and you begin to see that a lot of these projects are actually like evaluating a startup, um, and so that's how I take that approach. And I've done that whole startup life. I've done the raising money. I've you know, seen tons of term sheets, and I've reviewed those and understand how that works. I understand the importance of you know, all aspects from technology to business, to operations, to, you know, community support and, you know, to strategy and legal and all the things that can go wrong when you deploy a project. You know, look at Tezos or um, these others who have run into some legal headwinds, um, people headwinds. Um, And that's not technology-based at all. But technology is not everything. And that's important for people to understand. You know, we're, we're venturing into a space where there are a thousand ways to die, and you need to understand those different ways, but you also need to understand the competitive um, analysis, the, uh, the advantages one project has over the other, but also understand that this is a big space. This isn't a small space. There's plenty of room for a lot of different players, and coming up with the right analogy is important. So, for example, are we in the space where we're in this 3.0 sort of dot-com boom? And, you know, in, in the late 90s, we had... All these internet companies start to pop up, you know, you buy a domain name, you get anyone that could code HTML and, you know, worth, you know, a hundred million dollars or something ridiculous and you had nothing behind it. There are a lot of those in the crypto space where they just launch an ICO, a token, they fork the, you know, the, the code and rebrand it and make a website and people throw money on it, okay? That's not necessarily a good thing. But then, you know, there was this kind of 2.0 revolution with, uh, you know, and I'm going to kind of group some other things in here with mobile applications, you know, uh, uh, and mobile web and kind of cloud and so forth. And that was another emergence of this, another era of growth in kind of the internet space. And I think we're in this third phase with blockchain. And I think it's going to be merged with AI actually, um, as well. And merge meaning that AI I think will have a much easier time interacting with these blockchains and these technologies. And so I think we're evolving into this 3.0. And so if you think it's a 3.0 sort of era, you know, you have to think about the dot-com boom. You have to think about the mobile and cloud sort of booms. And if that's the case, then there's plenty of space for a lot of different players with a lot of value yet to be created. And I think that's why a lot of people are excited about the spaces that they see it as this new emergence. Now I've been in this, you know, high profile, high growth sort of spaces before you really have to look at it with a very mature mindset. You do have to manage your risk. You do have to think about not putting all your eggs in one basket diversification. You do have to keep your pulse on what's going on. And it does take a lot of investment of time and effort and energy, but there's also huge opportunity. There are 10 baggers or 100 baggers or even 1,000 baggers in this space, meaning you can increase your investment uh, by 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times. Now, granted, that gets rarer and rarer as you go higher and higher up, but it also requires more and more effort and diligence and information and understanding to pick the right horse as there's so many in play now. When it was Bitcoin, it was just just one you either believed it or you didn't. You picked that horse, you mined it, you bought it, and you saw what happened, and a lot of people did that. And you have a lot of Bitcoin millionaires. I don't think there's gonna be many, if any more Bitcoin millionaires anymore. And a lot of people might be shocked by that, but if you look at the market cap and you look at, you know if you put an investment of one to $10,000 in, what the multiple you would need to get to get to, you know, a million bucks to become a millionaire. Um, say you put a thousand bucks in the Bitcoin now, it would need to go up a thousand times, right? It's already at a market cap of 120-ish or 140-ish billion. A thousand times that's 144 trillion. That's unlikely, guys. So if you throw a thousand bucks in the Bitcoin, you're not going to be a millionaire. Even if you throw 10,000 bucks, I mean, it's really suspect that you're going to be a millionaire. So the millionaires for Bitcoin have already, that, that ship has sailed. Okay, it's important for you to look at the math on that and to understand that. So if that's your objective, to find this, the next Bitcoin, um, and be a millionaire, it's not in Bitcoin. Okay. Then there's the Ether whales, these, these guys, the millionaires from Ether or Ethereum. Um, that ship has sailed too for the same reason. You know, it's a, it may be a little bit easier because, uh, Ethereum's an order of magnitude ish lower so it's in the i think 40 billion so if it went up a thousand times it'd have to be 40 trillion but again 40 trillion that's multiple times bigger than the u.s economy but if you're looking at it as a currency you can make arguments that you know there's derivatives and all these other things and, but they would have to take over the world so as you get bigger and bigger these bigger coins it's less likely that you can hit you know this grand slam home run out of the park sort of thing um, but arguably, there might be less risk because the projects you know, have more history, more stakeholders, more infrastructure and all of that. So that's a big thing to think about. And then the other thing to think about is just kind of how you play the game. Okay, There's mining, there's staking, there's farming, there's uh, master nodes, secure nodes, sort of, I guess that's staking, farming-ish. Um, uh, there's just investment there's building a project on top of things. There's joining a group or a project and being part of it that way. So there are a lot of ways to interact in this space. And I think how you want to interact is going to be based on your skill sets and what you want to do and what returns you're looking for and what your interests are, to be perfectly honest. And I think that's something to think about as well. So that's a little bit off the topic of blockchain specifically, but those are kind of the high level things that I want to cover. And, and, and this is going to be a very fluid sort of podcast, but... The thing to think about, I think, going away from this or the homework is, what is your goal in this space? Is it to participate? Is it to learn? Is it to make a bunch of money? Is it to invest? Is it to mine? What are your interests? And then determine what you're looking for, your return or what sort of benefit you want out of this and then how to achieve that. And again, I, I only threw out there the, you're going to become the next Bitcoin millionaire kind of thought because it's not, it's just not going to happen. If you throw a thousand bucks in, if you throw a hundred thousand bucks in, you know, maybe you'll make a million bucks, but then you're probably a millionaire anyway, if you can throw a hundred thousand bucks into some speculative coin. So that's, you know, keep that in mind. Um, But I'll cover some more details about uh, what I think about the space. um, What I think about different coins, different opportunities, things that I'm, uh, projects that I'm interested or involved in in some way, and uh, just kind of let this evolve as the industry evolves. So hopefully this has been a useful little ramble, initial podcast. I'll I'll add some more structure, maybe some uh, uh, more detailed analysis in writing on the website or maybe some how-tos on YouTube with uh, some screencasts. But my objective, like I said before, is to educate, to transfer knowledge and to start a conversation and figure out where this industry is going and how we can make it better together. So I'll see you next time on the blockchain podcast.